October 20th, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 through 25. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully, as though he were your own father. Talk to the younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat the older women as you would your mother, and treat the younger women with all purity as your own sisters. The church should care for any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God very much. But a woman who is a true widow, one who is truly alone in this world, has placed her hope in God. Night and day, she asks God for help and spends much time in prayer. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead. Give these instructions to the church so that the widows you support will not be criticized. But those who won't care for their own relatives, especially those living in the same household, have denied what we believe. Such people are worse than unbelievers. A widow who is put on the list for support must be a woman who is at least 60 years old and was faithful to her husband. She must be well respected by everyone because of the good she has done. Has she brought up her children well? Has she been kind to strangers? Has she served other Christians humbly? Has she helped those who are in trouble? Has she always been ready to do good? The younger widows should not be on the list, because their physical desires will overpower their devotion to Christ, and they will want to remarry. Then they would be guilty of breaking their previous pledge. Besides, they are likely to become lazy and spend their time gossiping from house to house, getting into other people's business, and saying things they shouldn't. So I advise these younger widows to marry again, have children, and take care of their own homes. Then the enemy will not be able to say anything against them. For I am afraid that some of them have already gone astray and now follow Satan. If a Christian woman has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church. Then the church can care for widows who are truly alone. Elders who do their work well should be paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. For the Scripture says, Do not keep an ox from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. Do not listen to complaints against an elder unless there are two or three witnesses to accuse him. Anyone who sins should be rebuked in front of the whole church so that others will have a proper fear of God. I solemnly command you, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, and the holy angels, to obey these instructions without taking sides or showing special favor to anyone. Never be in a hurry about appointing an elder. Do not participate in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach, because you are sick so often. Remember that some people lead sinful lives and everyone knows they will be judged. But there are others whose sin will not be revealed until later. In the same way, everyone knows how much good some people do.
but there are others whose good deeds won't be known until later. Hello, this is Christopher from Fourth Face. I just wanted to take a moment this morning to share with you what God's been doing in my life. Um, I think it's important that we share with each other um, the revelation that we have, um, what God's saying to us, and what God's showing us. Um, in Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, it says that we defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Guys, God has called us here to the refuge because he has huge plans for us, bigger than we can ever imagine. One thing that's going to start to happen, if it's not already happening now, is that you're going to be tempted. Um, temptation comes from the enemy, not from Christ. In James 1.13, it says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. In John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ has come to give life, and to give life abundantly. The enemy will promise you all kinds of things. He will tell you that everything is okay, that you have been here long enough, that you've been taught enough. He wants to just steal from you what God has for you, the plans God has for you, and the purpose that God has for you. Adam and Eve went through it, and unfortunately they gave in to temptation and lost everything. In Genesis 3, it talks about there being a serpent, and this serpent is the devil. The serpent tells Eve that if she eats the fruit off the tree that God told Adam not to eat off of, that her eyes would be opened and that she would be just like God and that she would know good and evil. There was the first sign of temptation in the Bible. The thing is, is that as soon as she ate that fruit off of that tree, all of creation fell. One time there was only life. And with that one choice, with that one decision, death came for everyone. Adam and Eve were already given everything the devil was promising from God. They didn't have to eat the fruit. They gave in to the devil and everything around them fell. If they had just trusted God and denied temptation, they would have been everything the devil was saying they were going to be anyways. Another example, but a different outcome, is in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus was baptized by water and then by the Holy Ghost and sent into the desert by the Holy Ghost for 40 days and 40 nights. The devil shows up in the desert and begins to tempt Jesus three times. On the third time, the devil takes Jesus up on the mountain and shows him all the kingdoms in the world and all the splendor. The devil tells him, you can have all of this if you just bow down and worship me. Once again, the devil was offering something that was already going to be given to Jesus. There was no need to give in to temptation. So Jesus says something different and does something different from what Adam and Eve did. Jesus says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship your Lord, your God, and serve him only. Now we know later on, Jesus overcomes the world does not sin, and unlike Adam and Eve, who caused all of creation to fall, Jesus saved all of creation by trusting God and not giving in to temptation. Jesus knew that if he would just submit to God and do what he was supposed to do, that there would be blessings. So what can we do? What can we do now? Romans 8.19 says that all of creation is groaning and waiting for the manifestation of the Son of God. 
everything in this world is just waiting for us to just become a son of God, to find our purpose, to understand that we are a child of a king, that we do have a purpose, that we do have something special. We could just take everything back that was stolen from us. How do we manifest into the Son of God? We keep our commitment to God no matter what temptation comes. We continue to give our roots enough time to go deep into good soil. Every good tree that grows good fruit must first grow roots below the ground, unseen, and most of the time the roots are twice the size of a tree for a good foundation that can withstand any storm or temptation. If the tree grows too early, or we start thinking we have grown enough too early before the root system has been firmly established and grown fully, we will be easily uprooted and the outcome will not be good. We need to give God a chance to grow in us, guys. We need to um, keep our commitment. Um, I know that uh, first phase is hard. Um, I know second phase is hard. Third phase is hard. Fourth phase is hard. But if we just continue to persevere, if we just finish the race strong, there will be blessings. You cannot continue to give in to temptation like we've always done. These last two weeks for me have been tough, um, but I'm glad that God showed me these things. Um, I know that God has a purpose. I know that God has something special for everyone who is receiving temptation or receiving um, any kind of uh, bad things from the enemy because God has something special and the enemy is trying to steal it from us. I just want to encourage you guys to keep going. I love all of you guys. You guys are all doing great. Um, just keep encouraging each other and doing the right thing. Commitment to your dream. You cannot get people to believe in your dream until you believe in it yourself. Stop asking people to invest in things where you have no investment. Stop asking people to deliver something to you where you're not willing to go to the wire for yourself. Nobody's going to put into your dream before you put in. You have to invest in what you dream for. Hallelujah to God. Anybody can dream it, but you'll never see it until you're willing to be committed to it. And you'll never get to see what you could have been because the cost of getting to see it in the commitment that you've never been willing to pay. I have never met anybody who became incredibly successful in any area of their life until they had suffered and sweated and sacrificed and kept their focus and fought through tears and trials and tests. And if you have a dream and you commit to it, it will come to pass. You can't get out of something, something that you're not willing to put into it. You have to put your everything, your everything, your mind, your energy, your effort, your discipline, your tenacity. Nothing is going to jump out the fire. If you don't throw something in there, it's not going to happen. Somebody has got to arrest this crazy generation that wants to take everything and give back nothing. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. Commitments don't have nothing to do with your feelings. You do it because you're supposed to. And you think greatness goes on sale. But true quality never goes on sale. Greatness 
first commitment is to God <clears throat> the God who gave you life who blew breath into you has a right to expect a return on his investment above all others he gave you life mama bought you shoes daddy got you a bicycle God gave you life I will not face a giant without you I will not make a major decision without prayer I will not bring somebody into my life just because they please me. I'll submit myself, my destiny, my future over to you. You are my foundation. You are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my strength. You are my defense. Without you, I can do nothing. You are the substratum of every dream I have ever dreamed in my life. And I will take no promotion you don't want me to have. And I will accept no friend you don't want me to have. You're my rock. You owe him a level of commitment. You owe him a level of commitment. It's wrong for you to think that you're going to give an offering and God's going to bless a business you ain't committed to. Bless a marriage you ain't committed to. Bless you in school and you won't study. Bless you as a saint of God and you won't walk like a saint of God. Who do you think God is? Somebody playing in Vegas? God is not hitting a slot machine. God is a guaranteed, definite I am. The mighty God for sure blessing. He told Abraham, I swear I'm going to bless you. Ain't no chance, ain't no doubt, ain't no joke about it. If I told you I was going to bless you, I will open up the windows of heaven. Then wonder why I thought I'd be further than I am at the age of, Let me tell you why you are not further. It is not the devil. It is not witches. It is not demons. And it's sure God ain't haters. You are not any further than where you are right now because you have never thrown your whole self at anything in your life. You take a half committed man and a half committed trifling woman and put them together and they'll have some half committed trifling kids and the whole house will be half committed because children will be what they see. Stop fussing at your kids. They're a reflection of you. Your second commitment is to family and it's a very important commitment. Through the storm and the rain and the heartache and the pain and the disappointment, you have to believe in the we and the us and not the me and the you. Or you're not going to make it. It's a commitment. It's not a feeling. You got to come home when you're in love and you got to come home when you're not. They rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. They exult in your righteousness. You are their glorious strength. Our power is based on your favor. Yes, our protection comes from the Lord, and He, the Holy One of Israel, has given us our King. You once spoke in a vision to your prophet and said, I have given help to a warrior. I have selected him from the common people to be king. I have found my servant David 
I have anointed him with my holy oil. I will steady him, and I will make him strong. His enemies will not get the best of him, nor will the wicked overpower him. I will beat down his adversaries before him and destroy those who hate him. My faithfulness and unfailing love will be with him, and he will rise to power because of me. I will extend his rule from the Mediterranean Sea in the west to the Tigris and Euphrates rivers in the east, and he will say to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I will make him my firstborn son, the mightiest king on earth. I will love him and be kind to him forever. My covenant with him will never end. I will preserve an heir for him. His throne will be as endless as the days of heaven. But if his sons forsake my law and fail to walk in my ways, if they do not obey my decrees and fail to keep my commands, then I will punish their sin with the rod and their disobedience with beating. But I will never stop loving him, nor let my promise to him fail. No, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. I have sworn an oath to David, and in my holiness I cannot lie. His dynasty will go on forever. His throne is as secure as the sun, as eternal as the moon, my faithful witness in the sky. Proverbs 25, verses 25 through 27. Good news from far away is like cold water to the thirsty. If the godly compromise with the wicked, it is like polluting a fountain or muddying a spring. Just as it is not good to eat too much honey, it is not good for people to think about all the honors they deserve.